Hi, I'm Ruth Schwenk, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, in today's episode, we are talking about marriage and more specifically, marriage with kids. We're going to explore what we feel like the missing vow is and also the mission that every couple and family has. So this is going to be good. Let's get going. Well, we are in week two of our For Better or For Kids series, which that was our very first book together that we released, For Better or For Kids. So 2016? Is that when we released it? About five years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh A vow to love your spouse with kids in the house. And so this is a marriage and parenting book. We'll make sure that we put a link to it in the show notes so that you can check it out for yourself. You'll actually learn a lot a lot about us if you it's read scary this. I, you know when we were writing that book I, it never occurred to me that our kids are going to read that someday I mean it should have but like oh, yeah. I think back to some Honey, of the stories that good. we tell and kidding. it's like oh boy it's it's actually pretty funny I I found myself reading it and laughing out loud at some of the <laughs> stories that we tell um, but we hope this book is really really helpful to you it's it's a marriage and a parenting book all wrapped up in one so this is our second week of the series last week we we laid that foundation for marriage yeah last week we really talked about you know what marriage is biblically we talked about how marriage is is um, really um, it, it's the coming together of one man and one woman who become one flesh for one lifetime and so we talked about that idea that, that God has brought a man and a woman together, that, that we are different on purpose, that we complement one another, that we're even different sexually so that we're open to uh, the bringing forth of new life and the building of a family. And so marriage in God's eyes is an incredible blessing. It's a man and woman coming together. Uh, they become one flesh for one lifetime. And, and we talked about last week, and you know, we kind of talked about those four different truths from uh, really Genesis chapter 2, verses 21 through 25, and then Mark chapter 10 verses six through nine. I'll just highlight a couple of them. We talked about how, you know, husband and wife relationship is to be the priority relationship Mm -hmm. that husband and wife, they they leave their parents, they cleave to one another and they begin to weave a a new story that's uniquely theirs. I love Um, that, by the way. Can I just stop and say, leave, cleave and weave? I mean, leave, cleave and weave. That's what you're called to do. And so, (laughs) but that um, you're like the, well, of course you would come up with that. I'm sure I got that from somebody else, but I I just love the way (laughs) that those uh, I think are very helpful for a couple mm-hmm. as they think yep. about entering into a, a marriage relationship. And then we talked about how that marriage relationship is to be the priority relationship. It, it's to mm. be the most important relationship um, for a husband and a wife. And we talked about how they are to become one flesh. They're, they're to be committed to one another or, or cemented together, uh, mm-hmm. that Hebrew word. And then uh, lastly, we talked about how marriage is good. It's, it's good for you and I, but, but ultimately it's for God's glory. Mm-hmm. And that's Paul's point, you know, in Ephesians chapter five, that God uses our marriage relationship the way that we are uh, serving Christ and serving one another in Christ-like love to really tell the truth about who Jesus is mm-hmm. and the way he loves the church. Mm-hmm. And so marriage is an incredible blessing, but it really is also a battle that we have to fight for in love and grace and forgiveness, mm-hmm. but it's worth fighting for. Yeah. And I think one thing that I love that you said last week was what um, one of your mentors told you years ago. His name is Abe. And he shared with you that marriage, I think, if I, I, hopefully I get this right, that it magnifies your weaknesses. Right. Yep. And 
Um, and then he went on to say, not only does marriage magnify your weaknesses, but marriage with kids magnifies that your weaknesses even more. Even more, that's right, yeah. And I think that is, that's like the perfect <laughs> lead-in yeah. to talking about marriage with kids because, wow, like if you... Th- just when you think you're kind of progressing in the right. spiritual life. <laughs> well, you just bring, when you, you bring think, children into the world. Right, just when you <laughs> get your marriage figured out, then yeah. you bring kids into it, and then there's even more, you know. It, it's funny that like in Mark chapter 10, you know, we always think about, you know, at the end of that passage that we read last week, let no one, you know, what, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Mm. And we tend to think of that from the perspective of an outsider, somebody who's not your husband, somebody who's not your wife. Um, and, and the reality is that sometimes that person that threatens the, the unity of your marriage is not a coworker or a neighbor or some, you know, it, it's your own offspring. Um, <laughs> and, and a son or daughter comes along and just the, the affection they need, the attention they need, right. the time and energy they need has a way of separating mm-hmm. a husband and wife, which is what we're talking about today, that marriage mm-hmm. is good. Um, but God calls us also to build a family. And that's a challenge. It's a challenge to be a good and godly um, husband or wife and a good and godly uh, parent. Mm-hmm. And so it's, that's what we're talking about today is, is how to maintain a healthy, God-honoring marriage in the context of family. Right. And this is the shift, I think, going because we've been talking so much about um, we're in this together, we're for one another, and we're, um, we're living on purpose as a married couple, um, that God has a purpose for us. And then we bring kids along. And I think the shift, beca- the shift here is that not only now is this you know, purpose, not only are we living on mission as a couple, but now we're going to live on mission as a family. And I love, I think that's a really good perspective to have, you know, because it isn't just like us and them. It's like, we're all in this together. Um, and so now we are, we were, we're living on purpose as a couple. We bring kids along. We're going to live on purpose all together. How can we keep our marriage strong in the midst of all of that? And that's what we want to talk about. We just celebrated our 23rd wedding anniversary. I know we were talking about that in the last Mm. episode on August 8th. Mm -hmm. And so we got married on August 8th, 1998. We got married at First Baptist Church of Northville in Northville, Michigan. 8898. 8898. <laughs> and that was your parents. Was that your parents? 25th um, wedding anniversary. So their 25th wedding anniversary. That's right. Because, mm-hmm. okay. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's, uh, you know, that seems like yesterday. Um, and, and so it, it does. Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean in, so, in some ways go, it seems like yesterday, and sometimes it feels like another lifetime. Right. It feels like another lifetime, but it does go by. So fast, because all of a sudden you're like, "Oh my word, 23 years!" But like, were you th- like when you stood at the altar um, that day? I don't, I don't remember anything. I shouldn't say I don't remember anything, but like, I That's remember crying nice. a lot. I don't, I don't mean <laughs> in a negative way. I just mean no, like just it's just kidding. a blur. Yeah, you know? well, it's and a long time it's, ago. It's, 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 it was a long time ago, and like that day is just yeah, so, so packed, much going and there's so much mm-hmm. going on. And you're emotional. You mm-hmm. know, my, my dad was a part of that ceremony mm-hmm. and uh, your pastor, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the church that you got saved at, who was a senior pastor at, at First Baptist there in Northville at the time, you know, was doing the ceremony. My sister sang a song. I mean, there's just all sorts of things mm-hmm. going on. And so I'm just glad I didn't pass out. Like I just, I stayed upright <laughs> for it and it was just an incredible day. But with all that said, were you thinking about kids at all at the altar? Okay, well, this is an affair. Maybe question. that's different for for guys because, and girls. I don't know. No, no. It actually, I feel like it's different for everybody because there's a. This is a whole another topic for a whole another podcast episode um, about motherhood, but there's a lot of women who don't really think about being a mom. And then there's a lot who do dream about it and think, and I actually had already thought much about it. I couldn't wait to be a mom. So you, I mean, you were thinking about being a mom back when you were like 
seven, eight years old. No, I don't know about that. I don't know exactly what age, but definitely. You were young. I was young and I couldn't wait to one day be a mom. So yes, I probably, I had already thought about kids and knew that I w- I'm an only child. So I knew for me, I wanted lots of kids. Um, because I always thought about what it would be like to have lots of siblings. So um, I I guess, yeah, I had thought about, you know, wanting to have a lot of kids. But I I don't think I was standing on the altar that day like, (laughs) okay, I can't wait to have kids. No, No, I I mean, I don't mean it that. You were just thinking about me. I mean, that was probably the the, the bulk of what was going on. But, um, but yeah, well, I, I think my point in that is that, that you, I mean, most couples are not, you know, mm-hmm. and even if they do, I mean, I, I well, think, they're thinking about it, but they're not really like exactly, you know, it's yeah. all the details. Well, I think know. that that's what we mean by the missing vow, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think when, when a, when a man and a woman stand there at the altar and they make those vows to one another, I mean, you do make vows, you know, I'm going to love you in sickness and health mm-hmm. and, you know, on, on through, um, you know, the, the different vows that, that are, you know, those traditional vows um, that you hear, but one that we talk about, which was sort of the, the mm. motivation for the book is that there's this missing vow and that's to go on loving one another with kids in the house. That missing vow is to, to love each other. Yeah. And sickness and in health, whether you're rich or you're poor, but also whether you have right. kids or don't have it's, kids. It's a vow to love your spouse with kids in the house, because I don't think there is any way to have any inkling of an idea of how that changes your home, right? You know, once you have kids, so um, yeah, that was the purpose. You know, it with this book is just helping couples kind of navigate that time in their life. Well, I think one of the things that we talk about in the book, and, and other people have certainly said it, it. This is not unique to us, but I mean, one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids is a healthy marriage. Mm. And so I think that's why it's so important for us as we're talking today about you know being a good and a godly husband or wife, but also being a good and godly parent. I mean, it's so important that both of those things that we pursue both of those things, but we really do as we transition from married to married with kids, it's so important that we guard our marriage, protect it, continue pursuing one another, that we're intentional about building a God honoring marriage that even when kids come along, we're focusing on having a really rich and healthy Mm -hmm. God honoring marriage. Cause it's true. I think one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids is a healthy marriage, a security that comes along with that, mm-hmm. uh, a warmth, a, a nurturing environment that comes along with having mm-hmm. a, a healthy, God-honoring marriage. Yeah. And I think, you know, last last episode, I talked about the sacredness of marriage and how I feel like in our culture, we've kind of lost that. I also think there is this sacredness in family, you know, and in right. having children. And that's another thing we've lost. Like children have become um, a burden, you know, right. and we complain about, you know, all that, all the time it takes and all the, you know, just the, the distraction it is and all this. And yet there's a sacredness that I think that we, it would be so easy to miss out on that there's a purpose here for children that the Bible yeah. has a lot to say about children. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we've, we've talked about this before, but it's so important for us to remember that, I mean, God loves the family. We were talking about the last episode, that um, that it was God's idea to bring a man and a woman together. That that He's the one that that blesses that first marriage, and that it, that it is a sacred union. It's a covenant that we enter into, and it's not something we should enter into lightly. And there's so much confusion in our culture today around sexuality, around marriage, and there's so much confusion, like you're saying, around family. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and you know the, the reality is is that God has given us this beautiful design, and it, it, it expresses His desire for a man and a woman, but also for a family. And you see that at the very beginning of Genesis. I mean, 
marriage and family is the bedrock of a society. Mm. Um, it is the core of any civilization. And as the family goes, so goes the culture. Mm. Um, if you have a strong marriage, a strong family, then you're going to have a strong culture, a strong civilization. Um, when a marriage goes, when, a, when the family unit goes, um, the culture or the civil, civilization is not far behind. Mm-hmm. Um, marriage and family is that important in God's mm-hmm. eyes. And we are seeing nothing short of the breakdown of marriage and the breakdown of family in our culture today. And so it is absolutely important for us, even as Christians, um, to understand that. I mean, we don't expect the world to get that, um, but even Christians are struggling to see that and understand that. And so it's so important for us that we understand the sacredness, God's desire and his design for marriage and family. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Genesis chapter one, verse 28, I think is a great place um, to go as we think about God bringing a man and a woman together and then telling them to be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. And he's essentially telling them to build a family. Again, we've said that that man and woman are, are different sexually for a reason, that we complement one another uh, so that we might be open to bringing forth life into the world. And, and God intends for a man and a woman to come together and uh, to build a family. And obviously there are situations or circumstances um, where that's not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we see God's desire and his design for a man and a woman to get married and to build a family. And Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, we read, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. I mean, this is God's intention for a husband and a wife um, and for a family. He, he blesses them and he tells them to, to build a family. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Psalm 120, we've written about this in multiple places, but I love this because, again, it gives another example of God's love for the family, just as we read in Genesis chapter 1. Psalm 127 is another great example, verses 3 through 5, about how God sees kids um, mm. and, and the reward, the blessing that kids are to a husband and a wife, to a family. The psalmist says this, Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Now, this is just a, another example. We could look elsewhere. But again, God calls children a blessing, a great reward. And I love the imagery. He's saying that, that children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. That as we are raising kids and by God's grace, um, you know, shaping them and molding them according to God's word and God's uh, God's way, someday when we release them into the world, it's like an arrow mm-hmm. uh, being released, an arrow of life and light and truth and beauty. Mm-hmm. And that's something that God invites us to, to be a part of. And he calls us to be faithful in our home and our marriage. Uh, but ultimately, it's an act of God's grace uh, that he is saving our kids and changing them, transforming them, and we release them into the world. And I just love those two examples mm-hmm. from Scripture, yeah. that God calls us to build a family, and he sees kids as a great reward, a great blessing, and they're like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me, you know, because I can't help but think of how many families or individuals uh they come to this point and this is so foreign to them because it isn't what their past is right. and how God, um, how, how that narrative can change. Like we can change that narrative and our, our, what our, what our past had, we can change that moving forward and how God can redeem any situation. Because of course we know that there's circumstances, um, that we may be a part of that we can't help, you know, that, you know, maybe we were left alone. 
Um, maybe somebody, maybe the spouse left and it's a single parent, right. but you can change that narrative moving forward. Um, and God can redeem anything. And I just think that's really important to remember that no matter what your past is and no matter what your current circumstances are, that that narrative can change moving forward. Well, I think, you know, it's really important to, um, yeah, to keep in mind too. I mean, I, you see lots of examples, both within the scriptures and even throughout church history where God uses a parent. Uh, right. to do mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, we've shared before you know, the example in, in Timothy's life that it was you know really Timothy's mom and grandmother um, mm. that did exactly what we were talking about, that mm-hmm. passed on faith and that you know shaped him and molded him. And we see that in the life of, of some of the saints throughout church history. Uh, it was a mom, it was a sister. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what our situation is, you know, God does love the family. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see his desire and his design you know, laid out for us mm-hmm. in the scriptures. And yet God, um, by his grace, works through all mm-hmm. sorts of different uh, situations and circumstances to pass on faith and to shape another generation. And uh, praise God for that, because yeah. n- none of our families are perfect. None of exactly. our marriages are perfect. And I think it's means. so easy to lo- lose hope and think, oh, this isn't my story. Like, I can't, you know, this could never be our story. But no, God can redeem anything and he can use anyone. And so I just I love that when I think about this, of course, God's design is for husband and wife to to raise kids to love him and be a light to the world. But that does it doesn't always look like that. Yeah, um, I, I think one of the dangers you know that we talk about in the book um, is that our desire to be great parents can sometimes replace our desire to have a great marriage. Mm, and yeah. so, you know, you bring a child into the world and, and you know, hopefully uh, you want to be a great parent and you want to be a good <laughs> a good mom or good dad, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but the problem with that is that sometimes that desire to be a great parent kind of overshadows um, you know, that focus of having a great marriage mm. and obviously God intended for us to have both, you know, a God honoring marriage and a God honoring family. So let's talk just for a minute. Like what are some signs that a couple has slipped into a child centered marriage? Cause mm. I think that's one of the, the things that, that can be so hard. I mean, the, obviously you have, you have kids, um, and, and God, you know, as we've already been talking about, I mean, that God desires for us to build a family and kids take a, they, they burn a lot of gas as the, <laughs> as they say, right. it takes a lot yeah. of time and energy and mm-hmm. resources and rightfully so. Um, but the challenge then becomes as we're trying to be a good parent and honor God in our home, um, sometimes the, the marriage gets kicked to the, to mm-hmm. the back seat and, and a, a child, can have takes the front seat. Takes the front seat and demands all of our attention, mm-hmm. and so couples can slip into having a child-centered mm-hmm. marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's going to be a tension, and I think it, we need to be okay with living with this tension because it's a lot of hard work raising kids, and if if we're really you know raising them for the right reasons, um, you know, and and trying to train them in godliness and then just everything that they're a part of, there's going to be this constant tension. And we, we talk about this so much and so much of what we write about just, you know, kind of managing that tension and continuing to look at values and priorities and all of that. But I think here are some things that you can, you know, here's a few questions um, to, that are signs of a child-centered marriage. Do you often feel too busy, overcommitted, or worn out because of your child's activities? Do you ever feel as if your children have too few responsibilities because you and your spouse are doing it all? I, I have talked to couples that, like, their kids don't have any chores. <laughs> you know, like, I remember talking to a couple, and they were, they were just, you, you know, they were just completely worn out from all that they were doing. And so I was asking them, well, do your kids have any chore? Like who's I don't in, think in I could survive if like doing out, dishes or helping with laundry. Anything, right? <laughs> oh, our kids, we have the, well, 
it's it's a big help when they are doing lots of things. And so they kind of, everybody has in our house at least, and they're grown. I mean, we have a 19 year old, a 17 year old. They love doing the dishes. <laughs> you know, they get, they get out of bed in the morning. Oh, and they just think, can't is, is wait, today right? my dish day? Exactly. 15, Maybe today. Yeah. A 15 year old and a 12 year old. <laughs> and since they were little, they've had, you know, age appropriate chores. Right, right. Um, and, and now like, especially dishes, I don't know. I think at some point I realized, oh my word, we have so many dishes all the time. I cannot handle this. And so I just gave everybody a dish day. And now I don't have to think about the dishes, except yeah, for I do have to remind them. It's a simple them. thing, but it, I, it just brings such peace. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean, to, I didn't mean to okay. cut in there on the now, list. Um, do you and your spouse struggle to find time for date nights because mm. of your child's activities? Do the two of you find it difficult to make time to go away for a weekend? Now, and this doesn't mean like every weekend you're getting away, but you know, once in a great but it while. Could. It could. Honey, I don't think that's going to happen. Ha, um, has your physical intimacy lost some of the passion because you have given your all to your children's priorities to the extent that you feel too tired, busy, distracted, or just not interested in engaging with your spouse? Again, this is a tension, you know, like I'd, we're going to be tired, you know, but these are, these are good questions to ask yourself. There's a, I have a whole list of questions. I'm not going to go through them all. Um, do you ever feel surrounded by family but lonely in your marriage? Have you not gone on family vacations because of a child's sport or other activity? So the, we, the, this list of questions I'm reading for is reading from is actually in our book for better or for kids about to love your spouse with kids in the house. And again, these are normal things that are going to happen, but we have to continue to, to ask ourselves these questions and kind of gauge where we're at and, and make some choices, right? Depending on, you know, what's going on in our life. And if there's, if we're too child centered, it's a way to say, wait a minute. Cause I think of how many couples, honey, have come to you over the last 20 years and they are completely burned out. They, their marriage is, you know, it's falling apart. They, they don't even know what to do. And really a lot of times it comes down to the fact that they are running themselves ragged with every, right. their child is in every sport, every activity, every Everything, or they're you know they have multiple kids and multiple things, and um, they they haven't done a fair assessment of where they're at and just their priorities and being okay to say yes to some things and no to others. So yeah. that's why asking yourself these questions it's just a really good habit to be in and, and something good to go through. I, I think you know one of the things that is so unique about the culture we're living in right now is just the the vast majority or the. The, the amount of opportunities that exist for a family and mm. maybe somebody that's listening would say, well, that was true 30 years ago or 40 years ago. And I was reading, I don't know. But in my experience, it feels like, like when I was a kid, like you didn't have, like, I don't remember travel leagues and like travel sports meant that I got on my bike and, and rode down the, the street, <laughs> you know, to, to the water company so we could play football in the backyard with all of the other kids. <laughs> and now it's like, you've got kids that are, that are as young as, I don't know, I mean, they're in elementary yeah. and, and parents are paying thousands of dollars to play travel sports. And they're they're in these travel leagues, um, you know, for four or five months out of the year. Now, I mean, I'm not I don't want to sound like the grumpy old guy because um, I'm not I'm not like anti <laughs> well, no, travel I mean, our leagues kids, and you know, our kids are involved in in sports, in sports and, yeah. and, and they've you know played in travel leagues. But my point is, is that they're 
there is such an incredible opportunity that exists for parents today that I don't remember existing for, for us when, of, when I was that to age. To be a part of everything. To be a part of everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just, you know, a league. It's it's something that, you know, kids are, you know, they're they're in travel league for part of the year and then they're in this and then this. And so literally the entire year is just jam-packed. I know couples, I've talked to couples, I've counseled couples over the years that haven't been on vacation for five, six, seven, mm-hmm. eight years because they don't have time because their mm-hmm. kids are involved in so many different activities. And I just feel like that that's, I don't know, it feels like that's a unique um, challenge that mm-hmm. parents are, are facing today, having to wrestle with. And it has, I think, really devastating uh, consequences for yeah. for a marriage because you have now a husband or wife who, you know, they have to kind of split up and one one spouse goes this way and the other spouse goes another way. And their entire calendar year is being booked by all sorts of different activities. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, one of the one of the, the things that might be unique for our culture today is that, you know, parents feel this pressure to have their kids in all sorts of things because they're afraid that if they don't, their kids are going to somehow be left behind. Um, they're not going to get into a particular school or are going to somehow be a, at a disadvantage. And so I think parents really face a lot of pressure from the surrounding culture to be involved in so many different mm-hmm. things because they fear that their kids aren't going to be uh, sort of as advanced or as cultured or as educated Mm -hmm. or as experienced as, as other kids. And so there's this competitive nature that exists within our culture today. And again, many Christian marriages, many Christian families are being shaped by those worldly values and it's affecting Christian parents, Christian uh, husband and wife um, in a way that it really shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And I think the focus is on the experience the experience is happening outside of the home instead of inside of right. the home. Yep. And so like, so, I'm just going to try to get really practical here, but something um, that was that one of the priorities in our family um, that we made long ago was that we wanted to be able to have uh, dinner together as often as we could. Now that does not look perfect. Again, it's not every single night and there's seasons where it's, you know, a couple times a week and that's it because we're a part of different things. However, if we see that we are, ne- we're never able to have dinner together, that's a red flag to us. You know, that's, wait a minute, what are we a part of that we need to let go of? Because this dinner time together as a family is a priority in our life. And this is going to look different for everybody. But again, that's focusing on the experience inside of the home and recognizing that that dinner time for us was an, is an important time um, in our children's lives and for us as a family to, again, help shape our kids, you know, and, and help build character in them. That's a time for us as a family that we would miss out on if we weren't continually coming back to our priorities and our values and what's important. Well, and you're surrendering your influence to somebody else or to something else. Mm-hmm. And so where God intends a husband and a wife, a mom and a dad, and you know, within the context of a home to be, yeah, that primary influencer and shaper. Um, shaper, is that the right is that the I right don't word? know. I, I like know, that but I'm going to use it. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, when, when you're running from place to place and you are so busy every single week, every single month of the year, um, the influence, you, you lose that influence in your child's life. Mm-hmm. And you you lose that time, you, you lose the opportunity. And so all of that gets minimized. And so really as a, as a parent, especially with young kids, you're, you're trying to protect that time, protect that unique opportunity that you have to shape your kids, to teach them, uh, to be together, to, to create that sacred space that the mm-hmm. home is meant to be. Mm-hmm. And again, coming back to marriage, 
um, the, the reality is, is that when we're being pulled or when a couple's being pulled in so many different directions, the impact that you have is that it, that it, that affects the husband wife relationship. Right. And so we're really talking about how yeah. do you, how do you have a godly, you know, healthy marriage in the context of family? Well, one thing you have to do is you have to really set boundaries for what your kids are going to be involved in or what they're not going to be involved mm-hmm. in. Um, because there's just so many opportunities, so many great things that exist. And if you're trying to build a, a healthy marriage, a God honoring marriage, um, that is that is God centered and not child centered. Then it then it's going to mean saying yes to some things for your kids, mm-hmm. but also saying no to them. And so I think setting those boundaries early, that expectation early, is really really important. Not only for your kids' sake, but but also for for the sake of your marriage. And that's something we did early on. We allowed our kids to be involved in different activities, but as they got older, we we tried to minimize those things and ask them to choose one thing. Um, that, that was more of a time commitment. And so it's so important, not only for our kids' well-being, but, but really for the well-being of our marriage. Mm-hmm. And we have, I, it reminds me, we have a free download that we created, I think, for our family devotional maybe um, called My Family Map. We'll make sure that we put a link to that in the show notes because that really explains a little bit more in, well, a lot more in depth, our, uh, our like setting up values and priorities as a family, which ultimately will affect your marriage and be a positive right. yep. effect on your marriage. So, and we're not, I just want to say really quickly, like we're not anti, like we're not saying you should just lock your kids up and never let them out of the house. No, and, honey, and never I don't let them be involved that... in anything else. I just want to clarify yeah. that publicly. <laughs> Um, we're talking about setting appropriate boundaries right. that are good for your kids, but also really good for your marriage. No, so. we've <laughs> said how that our kids are involved in lots of things. But and again, this will this should be a tension we continually live with because there are good things to be a part of. You know of. what wasn't great for our marriage was um, was when I got asked to help coach basketball. Oh, like I was so word. underqualified for that. <laughs> <laughs> like what a great thing! Like our our kids, you know, well, all four of them have played basketball, but it was when our son Tyler was playing um, basketball a couple, and, years ago. a couple years ago, and I got asked to be the assistant, which I shouldn't have been called the assistant. I was like a glorified chaplain. Honey, yeah, honey, I was but a glorified you were, cheerleader. You were an encouragement to those boys. I was an encouragement. And that's you, what I was. And you I was an encouragement. <laughs> But you know how to play basketball, yeah, so you, it's yeah, not like yeah. you couldn't give any no, insight. You're but I, I just it. remember that probably wasn't great for our marriage, uh, only I, because you, know, you were gone I, a lot. For I was that. gone a lot, and and I, you know, I, I was, it was only for I a season. To be a better only, coach. Okay. Anyways, that was only for a season. But we do have that free download. Um, but let's let's end here talking about specifically marriage, and the priority that you know, marriage is even in the home, even in the midst of kids around and how, cause we already shared the questions that you can ask if you're, if your marriage, if you're afraid it's becoming more too child centered. Right. Yeah. Um, and then there's a few questions that you can take some time um, to talk about and focus on uh, for more of a God centered marriage instead of a child centered marriage. And so I just wanted to read those really quickly. Um, These are questions that could help make your relationship stronger and more healthy. What good things have we made a priority for our kids that might not be good for us as a couple? So I think the key word there, both of those things are good, right? Because it's not our good is not always our best. Uh, The second question, what can we do to pay better attention to our marriage and balance that priority? And the third question, in what ways are we each sometimes me-centered? How can we gently prod each other away from selfish behavior? <laughs> mm, I'm glad. I'm glad I don't have to work on that. I think I'm I might cross those yeah. questions out. I don't like those. <laughs> oh, so those are some good questions just to practically be thinking about. Um, and again, those questions are in our book for better for kids. 
Absolutely. And so again, I, I think, you know, the transition from married to married with kids can be, um, can be a real challenge. And yet God desires for us to, to have both a God honoring marriage and a God honoring family. And it really does require us, you know, mm. keeping our eyes on Jesus and remembering that one of the greatest gifts that we can give our kids mm. is, a, is a good um, and healthy marriage. And so that requires us, you know, setting appropriate boundaries and being wise and discerning, being intentional about um, going on and cultivating, you mm. know, our marriage and uh, keeping that as, as a focus and a priority mm. while at the same time um, pursuing being a good and godly uh, parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not easy. It's not easy, but it's it, not. But it's worth it and it's good. And we just hope this has been an encouragement to you today. We are so, so grateful that you have joined us. If we haven't met, we want to get to know you. So I know there's some of you who have already messaged us on Instagram to introduce yourself. Do that. We love hearing from you. So we are on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. And don't forget that everything that we talked about today, including links to, I'll put a link to that free download I mentioned, as well as a link to the book, will be at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. We welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith, and we would love for you to leave us a review or rating. That really helps, and we love to read those. It just takes a second. It's a tremendous help to us as we spread the word about Root Like Faith. Be sure to tag us on social media when you do that as well. We're so, so grateful for your help in getting the word out. All right, friend. Well, we will chat soon, and we hope you have a great week.